Infants calling Kolob. Come in, Kolob. Infants calling Kolob. Come in, Kolob. This is Kolob. What is wanted? Infants, having been curious and playfully engaged in all things, desire further whatever you got for me by revisiting some of my favorite minisodes in Something Something About a Veil. Keep on listening, then, and your request shall be granted. All for the greater good. All about the greater good. The greater good. Listening to Infants on Thrones. It's Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones. <laughs> Infants on Thrones. <laughs> Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Hey, welcome back. My name's Tom Perry, and I appreciate you listening. Today's episode originally was intended to be a mini-sode, but it didn't quite work out that way. Instead, it turned into kind of a story, oh, I don't know, like a story time with Tom podcast. So I hope you'll humor me with the different direction that this goes. One of the most distinguishable moral codes a Mormon has is what's called the Word of Wisdom. And for those of you that don't know, the Word of Wisdom is a system of values and rules which consists of not drinking alcohol, using tobacco, drinking coffee, tea, caffeinated soda, well, depending on who you ask, of course, eating meat sparingly, yada, 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 so that you can find wisdom and great treasures, even hidden treasures are... Sorry about that. Obviously, the two biggies in the Word of Wisdom is tobacco and alcohol. All too often, they end up getting the spotlight. But for the sake of this story, I want to focus on tobacco and alcohol sidekick, the hot drink. According to LDS.org, Latter-day Prophets have taught that the term, quote, hot drinks, as written in D&C 89, plainly refers to tea and coffee. I've done some additional digging into what exactly is defined in this area because just using the term coffee and tea is quite broad. Decaf coffee can be seen as allowable depending on your local church leader, of course. And the church has defined that it is only the black and green teas that are the forbidden teas. So, the emphasis does appear to be on the caffeine ingredient, but I don't necessarily want to get bogged down on the slippery slope that this causes, but... I do want to acknowledge the problematic areas that are created from this vague stance that the church uses. One of the side effects of clearly not stating which caffeine is good or not causes certain problems, as you can imagine. For example, they do allow church members to hold a temple recommend if they drink caffeinated soda, but they don't allow caffeinated soda to be sold on BYU campus and at the Missionary Training Center. So what exactly are they trying to say here? And yes, as you can imagine, this has caused some controversy. To a caffeine controversy at BYU. Soda containing caffeine was accidentally placed in vending machines on the caffeine-free campus. ABC4 Utah's Kim Johnson is in Provo with what students are saying about the slip-up. The caffeinated Cokes have since been removed from the vending machines. Now you can only find the caffeine-free kind. But the caffeine buzz is still going strong on campus. 
caffeine, something typically never seen on the Brigham Young University campus, showed up Tuesday in vending machines in the Brim Hall building. A student snapped this picture and put it on Facebook. After word spread, another even tweeting people were literally running to the machine. In an email, a spokesperson for BYU tells ABC4, Coke mistakenly included a limited number of caffeinated Coke Zeros in our order, which no one caught while the vending machines were being stocked. It was simply a mistake. Our purchasing decisions have not changed. I think that it's an honest mistake, and really, the truth is, like, it's just a couple cans of like caffeinated Coke. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. BYU doesn't offer caffeinated beverages on campus, even after the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints clarified their stance on caffeine this year, saying it's not against church standards. General authorities have clarified their policy, saying that uh, caffeinated beverages were never not allowed, were never disallowed. Um, I think it should be up to the individuals. A demand for caffeine on campus has grown on Facebook. Since it's formed, this BYU for Caffeine page now has almost 2,500 likes. While students we talked with tell us they don't drink caffeine, it should be available for those who want it. Caffeine, it's not drugs. I mean, caffeine is a drug, but it's not like it's cocaine or something like that. So there you have it. Out of the, out of the mouth of a BYU student. It's a drug, but it's not like it's cocaine. <laughs> so until the church comes forward with a clear rule on sodas and energy drinks, many rebellious members will continue to drink their caffeinated sodas, even if they need to smuggle them onto campus. So about five years ago, I had my very own crisis of faith. I've been navigating these troubled waters of negotiation with my wife and family since then. It hasn't been easy to balance a new life of being an unbeliever all the while still being supportive to my wife and family. And it certainly has had its ups and downs for sure, but I'm in a relatively stable and happy place right now. My wife and I have found multiple ways to negotiate our marriage since my new position in relation to the church, and that has helped out a lot. One way we negotiate is that she allows me to stay home on occasion, and in return... Yeah, I'm cool with attending once in a while. One added benefit of this is that we found more and more ways of respecting each other and accepting each other's own journeys. I'm proud to say that my entire life growing up in the church, I've never tasted alcohol and have been very faithful at keeping my end of the bargain when it comes to keeping the word of wisdom. But now that I no longer believe in the absolute truth claims of the church, I've been hankering for trying a few things on that previously banned list. The only real thing on that list that I've always wanted to try is that temptress, the hot drink, not tea. Nobody really cares about that. I'm talking about coffee. My grandfather used to drink coffee, and I've spent plenty of time around that smell of coffee. You know you've smelled it. Not only has this divinely created aroma found a way into my heart in an early age, but truth be told, I slowly began to develop a crush on coffee. I would even go into the candy section of the grocery store and purchase coffee-flavored candy or even coffee-flavored ice cream. You can even ask my wife. She can vouch for that. Right? Oh, do you remember the time you came? Here, honey, here, try this. This is my favorite candy in the world. Here, try this. Candy. The coffee nips. 
Oh yeah, Here, they're try great. This, try this. Have you tried? You tried it? Oh yeah. It's awesome, right? Went right into the trash can. It's, it's, it's awesome. awful. I don't know what's wrong with your taste buds. That's great. <laughs> you know, there's so many people out there that just look at coffee as just a simple means to an end. Like it's just something to pass the time, something that gives them a slight kick that helps them through the day. Most don't even give coffee its rightful due. They order it and then they don't even give a slight minute to really appreciate what is exactly in that cup. I've seen people go into coffee shops, order coffee, and then sit and then do something else, like write their million dollar award winning screenplay, or enter into some lighthearted conversation that's completely unrelated to coffee with someone. It's like the coffee doesn't even exist. They completely ignore the coffee. So you're probably thinking, how obsessed with coffee was I really? Well, funny you should ask, because my wife addresses that a little okay, bit. Okay, well, how about this? For years, the whole time we've been married, you have an obsession with coffee. The smell, the taste. Yes, I have. And, uh, and why don't you? Have you smelled it? It's amazing. <laughs> it's awful. So now, as you can see, I find myself in a very precarious situation. I no longer believe in the truthfulness of these word of wisdom rules, so does this mean what I think it means? Does it mean that I could possibly try coffee for the first time? Yeah, I think I can. So I slowly began to entertain the idea of giving it an honest go and started to build up my confidence to finally approach this longtime crush of mine and ask her out for the very first time. So I began to outline my plan of attack. In my mind, I began to design my initial approach. I would target any local coffee shop or maybe even a Starbucks. And of course, I would have enough cash on me, you know, to eliminate any possible paper trail. Put on a black hoodie. Most coffee drinking goths wear hoodies. So essentially, it'll be my coffee drinking camouflage. And I'll blend right in, right? I just need to balance out my disguise enough that I don't look like a damn bank robber. No need to draw any more negative tension than's needed. So I began wondering what exactly was the first coffee I was going to order. Well, that was obvious to me. A black coffee, of course. I've seen enough movies and TV, and I've known enough people that drink coffee to know that any real man orders black coffee. I used to hate black coffee. Let's face it, black coffee is manly. You think Clint Eastwood ever ordered a cream and two sugars? Of course not. Do you know why? Well, because Clint Eastwood was a man. None of that sugary creamer bullshit. The stuff that puts hair on your chest. And I was a real man. I certainly didn't need to sugarcoat a real man's drink. So shortly after I ordered my first cup, I would need to find a table in the back corner of the cafe and enjoy her all to myself. Just me and her. Me enjoying her warmth, holding her close. Becoming intoxicated on her delicious aroma and all the while trying to control myself enough that I don't act prematurely and end up getting burned. Literally. Well, as you can probably predict, this fantasy of mine ended up as most fantasies do as just a fantasy. There were plenty of times that my fantasy would become borderline obsessive, but I grew up Mormon. I knew how to handle these kinds of things. I'd just turn it off, you know, like a light switch. Turn it off. 
Like a light switch, just go click. It's a cool little Mormon trick. I just never pulled the trigger and let her into my life. Believe me, each and every time I was in a diner or cafe or even a gas station during the morning hours, that amazing smell would slap me directly in the face and my entire body would begin to swoon. But I held strong. I'm not exactly sure why, but I think it was either a combination of fear, self-doubt, or maybe the thought that I would somehow end up disappointing my wife that prevented me from carrying out the deed. But it wasn't long before something happened that changed my life forever. Something so unexpected. Something that no one could have predicted. As I said before, my wife still attends and believes in certain aspects of the church. So you can imagine my surprise when my wife bought me a coffee maker. Yeah, you heard me. My wife bought her unbelieving spouse a coffee maker on her own. You know, the ones the apostates have in their homes as a non-believing trophy. Now, I had my very own apostate trophy in my own home. So you might be asking, why exactly did she do this? And I was asking myself the same things. So I had to ask her. Okay, babe. Hey, honey. So why don't you uh, go over again why it is that you decided that you wanted to uh, buy your husband a coffee maker. <laughs> why well, I bought my husband a coffee maker. Well, because you're the, you're the believer, right? You're the one that goes to church, still puts up with the nursery kids. You have this uh, apostate, disgruntled, very obnoxious husband. So you were essentially ensuring your husband to not get a temple recommend. You feel good about yourself? <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay, so why? Why? Because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, you know, you're supposed to pull me back, right? Every member of missionary, you're not doing that. You're you're letting him fall even farther by into the depths of apostasy by letting him drink coffee. <laughs> I mean, that's so heathenistic of you. Well, you know, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? I love him and want him to be able to be himself. Did you guys hear that? She just wants me to be myself. Damn, I love that woman. Do you think this is one of those things where you're like, oh, I'll, just, I'll let him try this. He's wanted to try it forever. He, instead of uh, me cheating on you with coffee, you decided to just bring her into the house? What? <laughs> Why not? I'll just help you right along with it. <laughs> All right. So you can imagine that my mind began to spin like crazy. I now had the full support of my amazing, loving wife to overcome my virginity of coffee. I wouldn't have to do this all on my own. So it was the very next day that she took me shopping for coffee for the very first time. We looked at all the different options. I couldn't believe how many different brands and flavors there were, even in Utah County. There really is a large selection of coffee. Flavors, sugars, creamers, all kinds of different blends, additives. They even have whole coffee beans that you can grind at home. Did you hear me? Whole coffee beans. You can grind your own coffee beans at home. Holy balls. I kid you not. I couldn't believe it either. So we picked up a large variety of different brands and blends to give me the proper deflowering. So it was late one evening after we put the kids to bed that we decided to give it a go. So after we carefully placed everything in their new rightful urn place in the kitchen, she came over and sat next to me. She then began to ask me how I wanted my first cup. 
I tried to meet her gaze, but I just couldn't. So I looked at the floor, and I mumbled softly, Black? She said, moving in a little bit closer, What, what was that? I took a deep breath, straightened up my back, you know, like a real man, puffed out my chest, looked her straight in the eye, and said louder than I should have, Black! My wife had worked at a convenience store and in fast food in her teens, so she knew her way around a coffee maker. So she stood up and said with a very evil smile on her face, Coming right up. We decided to forego any flavored blends because I felt like this would completely distract from my enjoyment of the true unfiltered raw flavor that has accompanied that incredibly intoxicating smell all these years. So I sat at the table very nervous, palms beginning to sweat, my right leg slightly beginning to bounce, and I carefully listened to the noises of the coffee making process the collecting and pouring of the grinds into the filter. The sound of the water slowly being heated. And then that crackling, squishing sound of the water mixing and beginning to fill the coffee pot. begin to see the steam slowly push out of the coffee pot as the coffee began to enter in. I started to see small glimpses of steam escape from the coffee pot. I kid you not. It looked like little white angels with wings dissipating into thin air. I actually wanted to write my name on the side of the pot with my finger into the condensation, but I showed self-control and held back. So my wife grabbed a recently cleaned mug and lovingly began to pour the black gold into the cup. I grabbed the mug within seconds and I immediately felt how hot the cup was in my hand and began to panic as I quickly sat it back down on the table trying not to spill it. That's why coffee mugs have those little handles on the side. I get it now. I didn't see the face of Lucifer in the blackness inside the mug as I originally thought, which was a relief. At first, I just stared at the black surface, moving my head close so I could take it all in. I closed my eyes, took a deep breath as deeply as a pot smoker would, and I began to feel a bit lightheaded and let out a breath. Oh man, that smell. I slowly began to nod my head. Yeah, it was time. So I placed my finger inside the designated hole on the side of the mug, using my thumb for support. I got this, I thought. I slowly brought it up to my lips, lightly blowing on the surface, and took my first sip. I can actually feel the intensity of my wife's glare. She quickly says to me, So, what do you think? I asked her if the coffee maker was working properly. She said it was working perfectly. 
Then I asked her if she might not be remembering how to work a coffee maker. You know, it had been several years since she's used one. Of course I remember how to use a coffee maker, she said, very offended. Well, one thing was for sure. Something was wrong. Really, really wrong. Maybe it's the brand of coffee we used, I said out loud. She reminded me that we began with a very high-quality brand and once again reminded me that yes, she followed the directions perfectly and that everything was working properly. So with raised eyebrows and a slight frown, I took yet another sip. Yeah, this shit was absolutely disgusting. It wasn't that long ago that I was very sick and I was drinking Dayquil for like three or four days in a row. And I remember thinking that I would have preferred to take a long pull from the Dayquil bottle than to have to drink any more of this bitter-tasting dirt. We brewed several other brands and flavors that we had purchased and tweaked with the mixture all to no avail. No matter what we tried, it always ended up with that overwhelming bitter dirt taste. There was just no getting around it. Coffee tastes like shit. So where did this leave me? Now I find myself with what could be considered a, I don't know, a 72-hour kit of nothing but coffee. And this unresolved need to find a way to enjoy coffee. How exactly was I supposed to keep my apostate credibility if I, if I couldn't stomach coffee? Besides, I needed to date her a little bit longer. You know, to really get to know her first before I completely decided to separate and dump her. So yeah, I took all this as a direct challenge. And if you know me, I'm not the kind of guy who likes to back down from a challenge. So now what? I now own my very own coffee maker and all this ground coffee. I could actually feel my apostate trophy taunting me from the kitchen countertop. Each and every time I saw someone happily drinking coffee out on the street, I felt like a coward. I was in a corner. I needed to find a way to make it work, even if it was just temporarily, just to get rid of this newly acquired stash. I needed to find something that could help me ease me into the pearly gates of blackness. So yeah, I conceded to get some creamers and to try some sweeteners. I know, even now, I'm instinctively reaching back into my wallet to remove my man card. I know what you're thinking. What a wuss. And you know what? You might be right, but hey... I refused to go down without a fight. I was going to find a way to enjoy coffee. I've come way too far to wuss out now. That being said, I, I gotta be honest. This has been a very difficult thing to accept. The truth was out. This little seductive temptress was nothing but aroma and had nothing else to offer. So, for those of you that haven't tried coffee yet, uh, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but coffee doesn't taste good. And I had to learn it the hard way. You're immediately pulled in with that aroma. And you take that first eager taste and you quickly realize you've been deceived. So do you remember when I when we tried at the very beginning to go black? Oh, that was awesome. Because I felt like if I'm going to be a real man, because yes, I want my wife... Hair, I want, and hair on my chest. That's and... right. No, but to the black coffee thing, because I remember when I was telling you about it, and then I wanted to drink black. And you said, okay, and, and you brewed up that first cup, and it was 
god awful. It just tasted like crap. I remember one of my first thoughts was this is worse than drinking a warm glass of NyQuil <laughs> or DayQuil, you know, that stuff. Because it, it seemed like it was just a month or so ago that I was drinking that DayQuil because I had a head cold or something and and how awful that was. And every time I drink it, I'd have to... You know, Take I'd a look. juice chaser. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've never shot a NyQuil with it. Yeah, it's like I was drinking shots or something, and I had to drink some, and then I had to wash it down with a juice or a water or something like that because it tasted so bad. But when I drank this coffee, that's what it was like. It was rough, man. It was rough. And I remember how bad you were laughing at me. Oh, I laughed so hard. I even had to share it with a friend of mine who drinks coffee. I was like, "Oh, that's so, uh, right." So, uh, our how, neighbor, how do you, like, how do you, how do you uh, choke your coffee down? She's like, "Sugar and cream is the only way. Other than that, if you don't, did you it's ever nasty. invite her? Did you ever invite her over? I took her a strong drink when she was getting ready to pack up. Remember oh, that? I, said, I don't. I want to bring you a strong drink and the strongest drink I could find. The house was like, "I want coffee and creamer." So, did you make her a cup and brought it <laughs> over? It over to her. Oh, yeah, cool. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, see now you're uh, you're inviting two people into sin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember how impressed or flattered I was that you did that for me. I wasn't expecting it. You know that, right? It's a flatter that I. I was very flattered that you did that for me. In my opinion, drinking a cup of coffee or letting you try cup a cup of coffee. Basically, is something that's been in your background of wanting to do for a long time. Um, don't see any harm in it. So you don't see any harm in it. I don't see any harm in it. Even I, if even if the church sort of does. Not yeah, sort of, because but they it's do. becomes that slippery slope where it's saying, "Well, you can drink caffeinated soda, but lay off your caffeinated coffee." So you really don't even subscribe to the church's rules on it, right? No. No? I guess not. So I, if the bishop comes to you and says, Sister Perry. <laughs> yes, how the bishop comes and says, do you, drink, do you drink hot drinks? I'm like, yes, I drink my herbal tea. Ooh. Okay, but, but what, that, no, that but actually turns said, a lot of people says, off. So. Well, what if he says, uh, do you drink coffee? And now that you've tried the dirt water. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said it tastes like. Dirt water. <laughs> what if he says, have you ever, have you ever uh, tried coffee? I can say, yep. And then, and then what if he says, shame on you. You don't get a recommend. Or um, what if he puts you on probation? Or what if he puts you in a church court? For taking a sip of something to see what it tastes like? Shame on him. I want to see what it tastes like. What was so exciting about it? Okay. Stuff's nasty. So we went out and purchased some peppermint mocha liquid creamer. I like peppermint. I don't love it, but I like it. So we decided to start over from the beginning. I began by thoroughly cleaning all the equipment that were involved in the previous crime scene. We also purchased some expensive purified water because some say that makes a huge difference and got ready to give it another go. So take two. My wife measured out the proper mix, placed it in the filter, poured in the proper amount of filtered water, and I washed over her shoulder with doubts immediately clouding my mind. It's over, Tom. 
It's just never going to happen. Coffee beat you, bro. Coffee won. Tom nothing. So as a boxer who gets a chance at a rematch from a previous defeat, I grab this cup with renewed vigor. And as an NBA athlete who tells himself at the foul line, I can do this. I looked into this mug, and what was once black was now this light brown, hot chocolate imitating bullshit. Who cares? Take that thought right out of your mind, Tom. Focus on the end game. So I closed my eyes with full determination, and without hesitation, I took that dreaded sip. My clenched eyes that were forced closed were quickly beginning to open. In astonishment, is this the same coffee? No way can't be. Uh, this certainly isn't great, but holy hell, I think I can take another sip without nausea setting in. I looked at my eager wife and said, I think we did it. I think we found a coffee I can drink. And we embraced as if I'd won the biggest football game of my career. So yeah, while I did make some slight concessions to eventually find a way to drink coffee, the cool part is I did it with the help of my wonderful wife. And one thing that actually brings a lot of peace to my heart is knowing that I'm not alone in this. Can you guess who else went through a similar struggle with coffee? Actor and comedian Jerry Seinfeld. So we were broadcasting our stories across Morning Edition's Coffee Week when we got a note. Jerry Seinfeld was listening with interest, understandably so, since he launched a web program last summer called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And that was really all the excuse we needed to invite Mr. Seinfeld into our New York bureau. He arrived for our chat with a cup of coffee in hand, which he says he would never have done years earlier. Turns out all those years he spent on the show Seinfeld, sitting with Elaine, George, and Kramer at Monk's Cafe, he never touched his coffee. I never liked it, and I didn't understand it. And I used to do a lot of stuff in my stand-up set in the 80s and 90s about how I don't get coffee. I don't understand why everyone's so obsessed with this drink. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, well, I need it because when I wake up, I feel groggy. And I say, well, you just got up. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe if you give it a, a little time, <laughs> it'll change. So that was, my that was my old attitude about coffee. And then something happened about five years ago. I've been, uh, I started touring a lot, and we would have these great, big, fun breakfasts in the hotel, and it just seemed to go really well with the French toast. Okay. And then I got married, and I had a family, and my entire day was not free for social interaction. Right. And eating is annoying, difficult to arrange, hard to choose places, and meeting someone for coffee suddenly seemed like a wonderful, compact, accessible, and portable social interaction. Mm -hmm. It's just something to do. My, my theory is 98% of all human endeavor is killing time. <laughs> and this is a way to do it. And yeah, you're so, this is a great way to and, do and it. And you're so right. If you called up someone and said, let's just meet on a street corner and chat for 20 minutes, that doesn't seem to make any sense. But doesn't let's... Make, exactly. Now you've got... It doesn't make sense. And, and, and it's awkward. That's like, you know, these comedians that don't work with the microphone. You know, they have like a clip-on thing or something. It's uncomfortable for the audience. They want to see you with something in your hand. It's more relaxing. And it aids conversation because you are working with your hands. You have props. You can look away from the other person when you need to think for a moment because right. you pretend to focus on the cream. There are right. things you can do. Yeah, I do a little thing about the way people shake the sweetener packet. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, like they're all excited. Like, I can't wait to hear this whole story. They, I, I want to get all the granules down to one end. I, I love all these uh, rituals. I don't, I don't even really know. I just learned about a black eye yesterday. What? Do you know what a black eye is? No idea. A black eye is uh, two shots of espresso. Red eye is one shot. Black eye is two shots. Okay. It's very, here, here's the secret to really being a great coffee enjoyer. You want the sophistication of the snob without the pretension of the snob. You want to know what's going on, but don't be a fuss budget about it. You know what I mean? Great advice for almost every facet of life. Right. Why do you think it is that coffee is so central to our culture, that there's a coffee shop on every corner if you're in a city, that it's just everywhere, that people offer it to you wherever you go? Mm, that's that is the question, and, and I think the answer is we all need a little help, and the coffee's a little help with everything: social energy. Don't know what to do next. Don't know how to start my day. Don't know how to get through this afternoon. We want to do a lot of stuff. We're not in great shape. We didn't get a good night's sleep. We're a little depressed. Coffee solves all these problems in one delightful little cup. Here's another fun clip that I think complements the first one is where Jerry Seinfeld talks to Jay Leno about why drinking coffee can be so important for us just socially. First time you don't drink coffee. No, I've never, never had coffee in my life. Why? I don't like hot liquid. You know that. I've never had... No, I don't know that. I don't like hot liquid, hot... If it doesn't have ice in it, I don't drink it. But you're He's fascinated. He's so weird, this guy. I am not weird. It's amazing that this person has been accepted by America. Yeah. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink I, coffee. I've never had, uh, I've never gotten high. I've never had alcohol. I don't drink alcohol. You coffee. could be the Pope. I could be the Pope. You know, I would be a good Pope. I would be a good Pope. Thank you. Now, I, I, want, I want to understand your fascination with coffee. Why? What is it you find fascinating? Well, um... <laughs> People talk about coffee differently than everything else. People don't drink coffee, they have coffee. Okay. They say, I'm having my coffee. May I have my coffee? Right. And have is a word that you use when you're talking about important things. Okay. You have sex, you have surgery, right. you have second thoughts. Yeah. About having sex while you're having surgery. That makes sense, yeah. People say, how do you take your coffee? You yeah. take it. Take is another yeah. big word. Yeah. You, if you, you, you take sides, take advantage. If you're a sniper, you have the shot, take them out. I see. Well, how about other beverages? Would you ever do... No. Ginger just, ale? No, because coffee gets people sippy and chatty, and they like to take their sweetener packets and shake them, you know. And, do that, yeah. and they go, oh, I want to hear this whole story. <laughs> you know? Now, I know that many of you out there that have transitioned out of Mormonism have jumped right into coffee with no resistance at all. Well, I take my hat off to those of you that were able to pull this off. But for those of you that have struggled, or maybe even currently struggling with her blackness, dude, I totally feel your pain. And listen, I certainly don't want this podcast to sound like I'm endorsing coffee. Not at all. It certainly isn't for everyone. And there's an argument to be had that coffee isn't for me either. My experience with trying coffee has had its own parallels with my journey leaving the church. 
At one point during my crisis, I believed that leaving the church would bring my heart and soul that long-awaited peace that I'd been longing for. Because I'd been doing all those mental gymnastics required to stay in the church, all the while enduring incredible dissonance as a form of resistance to the inevitable unbelief status that long awaited me. And I thought, once I fully accepted not believing, that I would surely feel better, right? Well, not exactly. That smell, that smell of fully accepting my unbelief was indeed intoxicating. So to accept the unbelief had to mirror that smell, right? Not at all. Leaving has had many, many difficult challenges. I'm now forced to accept a level of uncertainty that I'm really uncomfortable with. It is not cool. Very, very bitter. Raw and unnerving. But I gotta tell you, with time, some really great friends, an amazing wife and family... And all that followed up with regular doses of fun and humor as my own forms of creamer and sweeteners. Leaving doesn't taste quite as bitter as it did when I first started. Anyone for the closing prayer? You've been listening to If Say please subscribe to us. Please subscribe to us. On iTunes. And iTunes. Give us feedback. And give us feedback. We like five stars. We like five stars. And go to Infants on Thrones. And go to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones. Yes! Dot com. Dot com. That's our website. Please and find us, because this is me and Daddy speaking. Please listen to us. Goodbye. <laughs>